no, no. Actually, we we started it wrong today, folks. Nope. We we gotta we gotta redo that. We gotta redo this. We gotta roll the clock back because we gotta go here. This is important. It's May 4th, y'all. May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day across the world. Yes, very important. Such a good piece of music. My producer is in the other room. Stop, stop. You're going to screw up the podcast with all of this. <laughs> it's true. It is true. By the way, you can get the podcast by texting SHOW to 33777. You can call in as well, 877-973-7425. It is Star Wars Day, May the 4th. May the 4th be with you and also with you, my Catholic friends would say. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta start and I gotta get something off my chest and I, I gotta do angry Eric and you're just going to have to bear with me because some of you people are hysterical. Some of y'all are just out to lunch on this issue. It is a frustration of mine that we can't have honest conversations on major issues because so much of the media right now is designed not to have honest conversations. Libs of TikTok. I want to play you one of the, the latest exposures of libs of TikTok. The account, the Washington Post, Taylor Lawrence attacked. We can play this audio. It is, we've cleaned it up. So the conversation I talked about in my last video is a lot like a lot of the conversations I have about queerness and transness with my kids. Um, because I work in a conservative area and I'm an out non-binary trans teacher, I have to tread very lightly for fear of losing my job. And so a lot of times I put it in terms of hypotheticals with the kids. I say, oh, some people like to use this. When I talk about my title, Mix, I say, oh, it's just a third alternative to Mr. Ms. that some people like to use. I let them kind of draw their own conclusions when it comes back to me while also keeping it general enough to not bring the heat on myself. That's a, a trans non-binary elementary school teacher talking about how so she subtly introduces indoctrination techniques into the minds of her kids. That's a mild one. The Libs of TikTok account also uh, highlighted a video of a, another um, gay or non-binary some such teachers saying, uh, F your parents, I'm your daddy now, or some such. Didn't use the letter F, but the actual word. And a whole lot of other ones like that. And and the Washington Post refused to cover 
those videos, refused to actually show those. They could have embedded them, and I know they could have embedded those videos on their site, including one where they said it was a uh, sex education camp in Kentucky by two women. They left out that the two women are self-described Wiccans who were raised in a Wiccan coven, coven who believe that children, from the moment they start walking, can learn uh, – self-gratification sexual techniques and should be exposed to sex at an early age. They left all of that out. They didn't want to play the videos where the, the witch, the actual Wiccan witch, described how the moment her nieces and nephews could walk, she was showing them sex techniques. Why didn't they want to talk about that? Why did they not want to show the videos? And I know they could have shown the videos because the same day they had an expose on what was happening with uh, in Shanghai with lockdowns, and they were embedding videos so that you could see it. The New York Times covered a story the other day about a book called Gender Queer. It's a graphic novel comic uh, that is being placed in a lot of public libraries and a lot of school libraries around the country for uh, middle school and, and lower high school, but mostly middle school students to read to explore sexuality. And they were very upset, the New York Times was, that parents are trying to ban the book. Uh, and the parents say they're upset by the uh, graphics in the comic, it's a graphic novel, and they showed the graphics. They didn't show the ones the parents were upset about, though. They showed others and suggested it was these mundane pictures describing what it means to be uh, transgender or non-binary that the parents were upset about. No, the parents were upset about the very explicit, graphically drawn pictures of kids having sex. Explicit. They didn't want to tell you about that. In the same way with abortion, you will note that no one on television is talking about the constitutional jurisprudence of Roe versus Wade. They're talking about abortion and what a great social good it is. They have descended into hysteria on this issue. Listen to NBC's uh, Yamichi Alcindor. So as in Washington, they're talking about legislation and talking about what could come next here on the ground where the policy meets the people. They're saying that that's just not going to be quick enough, that women here are going to be put in danger because they're going to be forced to have pregnancies and have children that they simply cannot afford or that they simply do not want, that it's not their choice anymore. Yeah, it's, it's actually your choice. You can choose to not have sex. Or to use birth control. And by the way, it was progressives who blocked uh, the pill from being over-the-counter. It wasn't conservatives. Republicans actually tried to make the pill an over-the-counter contraception, and progressives blocked it. But notice her use of words, a policy, a policy. We're not talking about a policy. We're talking about the Constitution we're talking about the Constitution. The issue here, ladies, listen to me. The issue is not your body and your choice. The issue is a right that was never meant to be in the Constitution that seven men put in the Constitution, not for you, but for other men. So when they got a woman pregnant, they could get her to kill the kid and not have to be responsible for the kid. That's why these seven men put it in the Constitution. They didn't want to be responsible for their mistress's children. Feminists grabbed hold of it and used it for the advancement of careers. By the way, you know, um, the number one category of woman to have an abortion is a professional woman in a career who does not want her career jeopardized by her having kids.
So listen to me here. This was never about you. It was never about your right to murder your child. It was never about the right to crack open a skull and vacuum out brains. It was never about any of that. It was about putting something into the Constitution that is not there. You cannot find it. You can read the Constitution and find the right to keep and bear arms. You can read the Constitution and find the right to worship. You can read the Constitution and find the right to privacy You to a degree. You can read the Constitution, find your right to a lawyer. You can read the Constitution and find your right not to have soldiers put in your house. You can read the Constitution and find your right to speech. You can read the Constitution and find your right to assembly. You can read the Constitution and find all sorts of rights. You cannot read the Constitution and find the right to an abortion, to killing kids. In fact, the way it came about is in the 1960s, Congress gave a right to privacy through Griswold versus Connecticut. That right to privacy extended to the privacy of people to use birth control in their homes. That privacy right was derived from the Fourth Amendment's prohibition on unreasonable search and seizure. And then in 1973... The Supreme Court based, you should note, on false science and a lot of lies in a misconstrued story where a woman named Norma McCovey was paid to advance the case to try to get this. Seven members of the United States Supreme Court put a right to an abortion in and said, hey, you know, we've got this right to privacy that we've derived from the Fourth Amendment. Let's add the Ninth Amendment, the penumbras that the Constitution has other rights, and the Fourteenth Amendment, and we will find a right to an abortion. What the Dobbs case does is say that was wrong. This was never about a constitutional right. To derive a constitutional right from the Ninth Amendment and the Fourth Amendment combined, you have to show historic precedent. That's always been the case to this day. That's the standard the Supreme Court uses. The only time the Supreme Court has rejected that standard was for the abortion right. There is no history. In fact, up until the 1970s, Every state banned abortion. In fact, you go back to the common law and the common law banned abortion. You go back to the revolution when the Constitution was written, abortion was not allowed. There's no history for it. And so what happened? This is the really important part here that you must understand. What happened? For 45 years, pro-lifers have said this was wrong, led by the Catholic bishops, Billy Graham and the Protestants were okay with abortion at first. It was the Catholic bishops who turned them on to the fact that, hey, you know, uh, the Bible says that at conception, the spirit indwelled in Mary. If that means that Jesus was conceived at birth, you could abort Jesus at conception. Life begins at conception. It's religious. It's also biological. Life does begin at conception. There's really not a biological dispute. This tells you how much the abortion politics of the day have perverted basic science because whether you call it a viable life or not, life does begin at conception. The divisions of the cells begin at conception. That's how much abortion has polluted our science, our talking, our our decisions. But there's more. For 45 years, the pro-life movement has played by the rules. The pro-life movement allied with the Republican Party. And the pro-life movement became the dominant force in the Republican Party. And the pro-life movement started getting pro-lifers elected in the Republican Party at the state level and at the federal level. 
They got pro-lifers elected to Congress. They got pro-lifers in the Senate. They got pro-lifers in the presidency. And they started encouraging those presidents, pro-life presidents, and those pro-life senates to start putting pro-lifers on the federal bench. And when vacancies open on the Supreme Court, they begin elevating pro-lifers to the Supreme Court. The chief justice of the United States Supreme Court, his wife was an anti-abortion activist for decades until he got on the Supreme Court. Did you know that? Yes, Mrs. Roberts ran Feminists for Life, a feminist group dedicated to the right to life. Until he got on the Supreme Court, she stepped aside. They've been advancing conservative pro-lifers to the court through the process. They have played by the rules. Even blocking the Merrick Garland consideration was by the rules. There's no right to a Senate hearing for a nominee in the Senate, in the Senate precedents or rules. In fact, the Senate has in the past refused to have hearings on presidential nominees. They played by the rules. They played by the rules, and they got conservative pro-lifers on the Supreme Court. They got conservative pro-lifers in state legislatures to change state laws. They played by the rules. You know who didn't play by the rules? The left. They were so worried about the advance of the pro-life movement, they got Harry Reid to unilaterally change the rules of the Senate without a vote in the Senate. They overruled the Senate parliamentarian, and they got rid of the filibuster for judicial nominees. Ironically, had Harry Reid not done that, had Harry Reid not scrapped the judicial filibuster, you would not have a pro-life Supreme Court getting rid of Roe v. Wade. Harry Reid deserves more credit than anyone because he broke the Senate's own rules and it enabled the Republicans to bypass the judicial filibuster for the Supreme Court and pack the Supreme Court with pro-lifers over time. Harry Reid did this. Mitch McConnell did this. The only one who broke the rules was Harry Reid getting rid of the filibuster. You know the Republicans, you can tell yourselves all day, they even done it. No, actually, they they didn't. In in During the Bush administration, the same Republicans were there, and they didn't get rid of the filibuster. Remember the Roberts and, and the Alito? It was a compromise pick because the filibuster remained. Harry Reid had to scrap it. The Democrats broke the rules. And now they're suffering the consequences. I have no sympathy for you people. If you want the right to an abortion, stop trying to read into the Constitution something that is not there and has no historic basis to be there that you simply want. Run it through the democratic processes of the country. Get a state legislature to do it for you. Work to change hearts and minds as the pro-life movement has done all of these years. Stop your complaining and your hysteria. You lost because you tried to operate outside the rules of our republic. And now you're suffering the consequences and you're all hysterical about it. And I have not one bit of sympathy for any of you. None. I try to be as empathetic with all of my listeners as I can. I can't with you people because you're not even willing to recognize what actually happened. You're not even willing to deal honestly with it. You're screaming about your right to kill your kid. You're screaming about a woman's right to choose. Fine. Deal with it in the democratic process, though. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg recognized it should have never been in the Constitution, but she was hesitant to take it back out once they put it in. If Ruth Bader Ginsburg could be honest about it, the rest of you should be, too. Well, in other news of crazy people, Dave Chappelle, he was attacked by a woman with a knife on stage at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, by woman, of course, I mean trans man. 
Social media exploded with posts from attendees at Dave Chappelle's Hollywood Bowl show, which is part of the Netflix is a Joke Festival. Chappelle was rushed by someone while on stage. Attendees' phones were confiscated at the gate, so video and even photos are very sparse. But one video posted seemed to show the man smashing into someone holding a microphone, possibly Chappelle. Accounts posted online said the man was corralled by security and fellow comedian Jamie Foxx. Los Angeles police confirmed ABC 7. They were responding to a call at the bowl around 10.45 p.m. They indicated a man was taken into custody, reportedly armed with a gun and a knife. In one posted clip, Chappelle is heard to quip, it was a trans man. A reference to his own transphobic comments in his Netflix special, The Closer and the Uproar Protest and Anger That Ensued. Another person caught at the end of the show on on video where Chappelle and Jamie Foxx, who apparently rushed on stage to help uh, the man who was going after Chappelle, whenever you're in trouble, Jamie Foxx will show up in a sheriff's hat, uh, Chappelle said. Chris Rock was also there and came on stage and asked if it was Will Smith. I'm not making that up. That actually did happen. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, it does actually appear uh, it was a transgender man, a woman, um, who had a gun and a knife. It was going after, and I'll give you one guess why they're getting violent out there. We got to, we got to talk about this when we come back. I listen, I do understand the disappointment of people who truly believe that, uh, abortion is a constitutional right. You should have played in the state legislatures and done what the pro-life movement did, played by the rules and changed hearts and minds over time. Fox News polling out today, 56% of Americans want uh, an absolute ban on abortion or fundamental restrictions on abortion. Fox News poll, which, by the way, Fox News polls have leaned towards the Democrats for the past four years, so don't tell me it's Fox News that's shaped. Uh, No, same polling company. But fact is... Y'all didn't play by the rules. You got seven men to give you something that wasn't in the Constitution, and now it looks like one woman and four men are going to take it away from you. Federalism matters. It's why the founders set up the country the way they did. Federalism was always supposed to be the way to do this. Work in the individual states. Change your states. Some states won't agree with you. Some people won't agree with you. Move to a different state. That's the way the nation was designed. You may not like it, but if you don't like it, the founders blessed you with a constitutional amendment process to change the Constitution, which you chose not to do. You chose to go the route of judicial fiat. Win by judicial fiat, lose by judicial fiat, and you've lost, or at least you will when the decision finally comes out. The Supreme Court has let it be known in the last five minutes uh, that when the Dobbs decision comes down in one of the footnotes, uh, they will also require vegans to eat beef three days a week. So just be prepared. Add that. I don't know if we should be forcing people to do that when they don't want tasty cows. That deprives them for us. But nonetheless, just just so you know, to the phones we go. Vanessa I'm going to go to you first today. Well, uh, Vanessa hung up right as I was clicking on her message, but that's okay. One of the things what Vanessa want to know about is other rights. Uh, this is uh, the way the left is structuring the conversation is if they can get rid of the abortion right, then they can get rid of all these other rights as well. That's going to be their claim. 
um, that they're going to get rid of all of these these other rights in the Constitution. One of the things they said yesterday, Eric Swalwell from California said they will get rid of the um, uh, interracial marriage. Uh, no, they won't. Uh, you know, Clarence Thomas is in an interracial marriage. That that's silly talk. Um, it, it's it's nonsensical to think that that's going to be the case. It's just not going to happen. Uh, or gay marriage. You know, here's the problem with getting rid of Obergefell, the gay marriage decision. There are way more people in this country who know gay couples than know anyone who's had an abortion. There are way more people in this country who know someone who is in a gay relationship than knows anyone who's had an abortion. You're not going to get rid of the gay marriage decision. You just, you're not. Uh, there's there's no popular will there to do it. You're not going to get rid of, I saw uh, or listened hysterically yesterday, some woman on CNN, a legal analyst said they'll get rid of interstate travel next. Uh, no, they won't get rid of interstate travel. It's in the Constitution. I mean, the whole point here is that abortion is not in the Constitution or plausibly relatable to the Constitution. That's just the reality, whether you like it or not. Now, we got to merge a bunch of conversations together because uh, the data out there actually looks really bad for the Democrats on making this a popular political issue for 2022. In fact... There's a lot of data there that suggests that no, in fact, the Democrats behind the scenes know that they really aren't going to be able to use this in November. Here from the Politico that broke the story about the Dobbs case, Democrats skeptical SCOTUS will save them in November. The day after Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, Democratic donors poured more than $30 million into Democratic campaigns and groups through Act Blue, shattering its own one-day fundraising records. In the 23 hours after Politico reported a draft Supreme Court opinion that would overturn Roe v. Wade, Act Blue took in just $9 million, just a small uptick from the days prior. The modest totals this week, based on a Politico analysis of the Act Blue donation tracker, are an early sign that Democrats can't count on abortion to single-handedly turn around a midterm cycle that's already trending badly for them. Interviews with more than a dozen Democratic pollsters and strategists Tuesday detailed a scramble within the party to parse how the seismic disclosure might affect base enthusiasm and reshape messaging ahead of the midterms now that a theoretical threat has become real. There is broad consensus that a ruling overturning Roe would help Democrats in some districts, potentially reducing their losses by drawing in suburban women who backed them in 2018. But few believe it would be enough to offset the brutal midterm environment and President Joe Biden's sagging approval ratings. One Democratic pollster granted an anonymity, acknowledged that the issue will help in the margins, but to hold the House or the Senate, we need inflation to go away. Ho, ho! It's not just inflation that you need to go away. Let's put the bigger issue here. I'm going to play you audio. This is an interview on CNBC with uh, the founder of Uncle Jack's Steakhouses. 
Willie, what's the consumer demand like? You say you have to shrink portions and, and raise prices. Um, is there a lot of inelasticity out there? The consumer says, yeah, okay, I still want to get out and have a good time. Well, it was right away. So, like, say here in New York, Georgia was different. Georgia didn't have as many controls for COVID as New York did. But now, once New York opened up and we didn't have to have the vaccination reporting and checking for everybody, you saw a huge wave of people. Then once gas prices hit and got higher and the inflation started getting relevant, the government was telling people it was 8 to 10 percent. But if you were in the business or any business, you saw inflation at 40, 50, 100 percent items. So that triggered uh, basically for guests and the traffic to slow down right away. I've seen a huge adjustment. So they say people have a lot of savings, but I think people are scared and people are saving still and not as spending as much. So since gas and inflation hit, I see traffic dropped about 20% overall. That's your problem. But it's not just that. It's not just that. You also have the border crisis. That's going to become a problem as well. The border is going to get worse. That's going to cause more problems. You're going to have uh, millions of illegal immigrants, a, a biblical flood, a friend of mine calls it. You're also very likely, frankly, to have a low-yield nuclear missile explode in Ukraine. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but Putin is losing and needs to regroup and do something. And there's growing concern in Europe he's going to launch a nuclear missile at Ukraine. That will put us into a war footing. That will also destroy the last glimmer of economic resuscitation on the planet. You've already got a quarter of negative growth. You've got Deutsche Bank and Bank of America warning of a recession coming within the next year. You've got interest rates on the rise. You've got now an upside-down housing market. Uh, people are not qualifying for mortgages because houses are priced more than people can afford now. So you're, the housing bubble is starting to burst. You've still got supply chain issues. There was actually a story yesterday in the New York Times about that very issue. Listen to this. This is the, the headline. The era of cheap and plenty may be ending. For the past three decades, companies and consumers benefited from cross-border connections that kept a steady supply of electronics, clothes, toys, and other goods so abundant it helped prices stay low. But as the pandemic and the war in Ukraine continue to weigh on trade and business ties, that period of plenty appears to be undergoing a partial reversal. Companies are rethinking where to source their products and stocking up on inventory, even if that means lower efficiencies and higher costs. If it lasts, such a shift away from fine-tuned globalization could have important implications for inflation in the world's economy. Economists are debating whether recent supply chain turmoil and geopolitical conflict will result in a reversal or reconfiguration of global production in which factories that were sent offshore move back to the United States. That wouldn't be a bad thing, except costs will go up because of unionization and regulation in the United States. So costs will go up there. Y'all, here's the other issue. Uh, a reporter is out today noting that the YouGov Economist poll shows 56% of Americans do not favor a ban on abortion. When you look at 
the actual polling data from the Economist YouGov poll, 76% of Americans favor curtailing abortion rights in this country. A flat-out ban of abortion is only popular in a handful of states. But an overwhelming number of Americans want to restrict abortion to between 6 and 15 weeks and prohibit it after 15 weeks. A majority of Americans support a ban on abortion after 15 weeks, which is what the Mississippi law did. The Democrats are in a bubble with the media. They're in a bubble that has convinced them that their issues are the right issues. Their issues are, are, are the major issues. Their issues are the ones that uh, will guide them. Uh, but here's the problem. Very few people know anyone who had an abortion, and everyone knows someone struggling in the economy. Here's my friend Gloria Borger on CNN. And I think we can also say, in looking at the political situation we are in, the economy uh, is very, very difficult for him right now. But also remember that cultural issues matter more in elections than they used to. And they have been raised very much in the run-up to the midterm elections. This is a cultural issue the Democrats will raise, and suburban women voters who are not living on the edge, suburban women voters will react to this. Whether it's going to be enough, who knows? It's not. I mean, it's not. Suburban moms, you know what they're also concerned about? Crime. Suburban moms are also concerned about costs. Suburban moms are also concerned about their girls having to compete against boys for college scholarships and girls' athletics. Suburban moms are also concerned about the education their kids are or are not getting in school right now. Suburban moms are concerned a whole lot more about whether or not they get to murder a child they've already had. In fact, overwhelmingly, married women with kids are voting Republican right now. It's uh, careerist women without kids who are the big abortion rights advocates in the country, and they're already voting Democrat at such substantial margins. So uh, I've gotten asked this a lot. Um, The 6th Congressional District in Georgia. The 6th Congressional District, I've got a number of people who I am friendly with, acquaintances with. Uh, I haven't wanted to mention it because I would do a disservice, but I've I've got a dog in the fight. Uh, My buddy Rich McCormick is running. He's a good, good, solid Christian. And I'm not going to criticize anyone else because they're all good people. But I know Rich very well. He is a a Christian conservative. He's a Marine. He's an emergency room doctor. Rich McCormick, if you don't know who to vote for in the 6th Congressional District, I will tell you, you're not going to find someone with better character than Rich McCormick, and character counts for me. You're not going to find someone uh, who lives his faith better than Rich, who uh, went to Morehouse, went to a historically black college, and he's white, became the student body president there as a white guy, became the student body president of historically black college. Uh, a medical school, no less. Works in emergency rooms in poor areas of in, in uh, inner city areas within the Atlanta area. Is a Christian conservative. Is a Marine. He's fought for this country. He's a wonderful family. Rich McCormick is the is the guy who should win. I mean, this is the sort of man you want in Congress. Uh, he he's not from a political family. He has not been in politics. He is a 
man who has served the country in the military and serves the poor in emergency rooms uh, settings, uh, gives a lot of his time helping helping the poor. I love Rich McCormick. Uh, Rich, um, <laughs> somebody make sure I say Rich, not Mitch. Uh, Rich, yes, Rich McCormick. Um, I, I, listen, I, I'm very biased, but I, I bring I bring him up. Because I bring up the 6th Congressional District. That's Lucy McBath's district. She's the, the woman who lost her son to gun violence, has been a gun advocate. She's now moved Georgia through redistricting. She's moved into a race with um, with Carolyn Bordeaux, a less progressive Democrat. So the 6th District is actually an open seat right now. And it's a very suburban district. And there are a lot of suburban women there. And uh, some Democrats say, well, that may bring the 6th Congressional District back to the Democrats. No, it's it's not going to. Because you know what the issues are in that suburban district? The economy. The economy. Crime. that It's a, a, a suburb of Atlanta. Crime is a big issue in that district. Uh, and you know what? In, in that district, there's not an abortion clinic. Nobody in that district is getting an abortion right now. Um, it's not a big issue there. The Democrats just have this view that in these suburban districts, these abortion clinics exist and they're all going to be shut down. That's not true. In their districts in blue states, it's not going to happen. In districts like in Georgia, it's, it's, it's never to be. And they're convinced that this is going to pull all the suburbs back to the Democrats. The data simply is not there. And you know what else? The riots, the George Floyd riots really hurt the Democrats. And now last night, I don't know if you saw this, Antifa rioted over the repeal of Roe v. Wade. Uh, Abortion activists are calling for a day of violence. They're calling for a day of violence in the country over abortion. Uh, the day of violence happens when the abortion happens, people. Um, it, it just it, it's it that's not going to help in the suburbs when you're rioting. They're going to overplay their hand, and the economy is the bigger issue. Speaking of the economy, uh, you know, given the forty-year inflation that we've got right now, you may want to talk to my friends at Gold Co about uh, working with them and putting some precious metals into your retirement. If you got fifty thousand dollars or more in your IRA your 401k, your retirement savings, your money could be at risk with all the inflation, the interest rate hikes, gas prices, uh, the the economy the way it is. You don't have a lot of options, but physical gold and silver might be able to stabilize your investments. You can call Gold Co. at 855-904-5933. They'll give you a free wealth protection kit to learn to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings, and many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at Gold Co. See if you qualify for that offer. They've been helping a lot of Americans protect their retirement from inflation and stock market crashes. If you want the phone number to call Gold Co., just text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Text it to 33777. Call Gold Co. See if they're a good fit for you for your retirement. Text Eric to 33777. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-973. 7425. Last night in Ohio, J.D. Vance got the Republican nomination. Here's John King from CNN. 
This is a victory for J.D. Vance. Laura, it's also a victory. You cannot sugarcoat this for Donald Trump as well, who endorsed J.D. Vance. And you see a turnout on Election Day in Ohio powering J.D. Vance. We have about 70 percent of the vote counted now. This lead has stretched over the last hour, stretched from 20,000 to 40,000 to 50,000, now just shy of 50,000. J.D. Vance with 31 percent of the vote. Josh Mandel, the former state treasurer, a very pro-Trump candidate, but he did not get Trump's endorsement, running second to 24. The more establishment Republican, State Senator Matt Dolan, I was in the hunt early on, but he simply faded as J.D. Vance. See all these rural counties? This is J.D. Vance's color here. See all these rural counties up here? Just like Trump built it up in Ohio and ran away with the state against Joe Biden. Rural Ohio, not exclusively, but very much powering the math behind what we now project will be a J.D. Vance victory. I, I want to I got to say a couple of things here. And, and all you people who say I criticize Donald Trump a lot, um, listen to this, please. Donald Trump got J.D. Vance the nomination, and you and I know what's going to happen. The media will disproportionately cover David Perdue's loss in Georgia, along with the other in uh, Donald Trump-endorsed candidates in Georgia, uh, and ignore the fact that J.D. Vance is the nominee because of Trump. Uh, the media, you, you know, look, I call it as I see it. And I'll criticize him and I'll praise him. And the people who love him always ignore that I praised him and focus on the criticism. The reality is that the media will overwhelmingly disproportionately give uh, a black eye to Trump on when Brian Kemp wins in a few weeks. And the reality is Donald Trump just overplayed his hand in Georgia. He should not have done that, but he matters greatly, and he matters in a place like Ohio, a state he won in 2020. He has made J.D. Vance. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued by Vance and his evolution as a candidate and his views on Trump, uh, similar to mine. It didn't support him either in 2016, uh, wound up endorsing him in 2020, as did I. Um, he's, he's an intriguing candidate. He was a Democrat, author of Hillbilly Elegy. He's become a Republican. He's a populist Republican. A lot of sympathies to unionization and the like. I, I'm intrigued. Uh, he wasn't my favorite, um, but I wasn't opposed to him. Like some of my friends were vehemently opposed to him. I'm just really fascinated by the guy. And Donald Trump's endorsement matters. Hopefully, Dr. Oz won't win in Pennsylvania. That'll be a poop show in the general. But in Ohio mattered greatly that Donald Trump did this, and he deserves a lot of credit for it. And J.D. Vance, to his credit, is giving Donald Trump a lot of credit for it.